Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the roundtable discussion podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we continue to talk about Pericles. Make sure to check us out at our new home, shakespearepod.com, the rest of the network at ghostlightmedia.net, and our revamped Patreon at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia. And now, on with the show. Looks like they had a pretty good turnout. They sold out. Yeah. Which, and when I was talking to Travis about it, I'm like, I really want to try to see if I can make it work. Let me see if I can move around some days. He goes, look, I want you to be there because I love you, but it's going to sell out with or without you. And if you, you're going to buy the album no matter what. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what I, I've been bugging Travis. I told him, I sent him a message like a couple weeks ago. I was like, hey, I'm not going to make the album release. I said... What do I got to do to get my hands on a copy? <laughs> I'm like, because I want it. I Like I said, the stuff that's been on Spotify, I have listened to, you know, a ton. They only have three songs on there right now. I'm sure now with the album, you know, coming out and everything. But there'll be more. They'll release more. But no, it's, it's fantastic. It's pretty cool. That and we went to Dylan's. Chase came with me to Dylan's. Uh-huh. If I'd have remembered that that was going on, I would have been there too. I I wanted that to be was there. Funny shit, that was so fucking funny. I wanted to I wanted to be there for Dylan's thing. I wanted to support. You know, I love supporting my friends and the stuff that they do. So for for those of you who are joining us uh, mid stream of consciousness, what we are talking about is the uh, Wire season six. Yes, the Wire. The Wire season six, season two, season one. Is it season one? Season it six, was season choir season, season six season one was Which, Dylan was yeah. Freshberry. Yeah, friend of uh, friend of ours from uh, theater a, fraternity days. Dylan Stretchberry, a big famous Hollywood actor. He's not famous yet, but he will be. But what well, he's but been he should be. He's but, been he's been in some stuff. So when he talked about like getting this project together. He kept reaching out to people from BGSU who are out in LA doing the tech part of it. So there's a lot of people who are from the program, who are out there, who are making it happen. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was cool that he did that. And it is, but it is a uh, looks like it's going to be a web series as a bunch of mini parodies of procedural crime dramas. Oh my god! And so funny. I I was in a, for 15 minutes straight. I was in a movie with Dylan Stretchberry once. I did the credits for a movie with Dylan Stretchberry once. I was in a improv comedy troupe with him. Yeah. I was no, sadly, I was, I was sadly not in it at the same time as you and Dylan Stretchberry. Yeah, not. I was in that same just, comedy troupe. Yeah, not just, just once. Like we did it several years together. Mm-hmm. Plastic Shatner. I did not bring up once during that entire viewing party. Mm-hmm. Did not bring up once the fact that he used to hump podiums and things like that. Sing, I was also thinking and sing about song, that. and sing songs about his dick. Yeah. So I, felt the, very, the th- I don't know. I don't know if I Travis felt, was recording for the other part of what we were talking about. I'm, I'm not, not Travis. I'm Chase or Chase. But That's yeah, right. I was talking about Travis. I'm not sure if Chase was recording for the other part of what we were talking about pre Dylan Stretchberry, but we were also talking about he was Travis, but about Travis and, and tiny shoulders and Lee and their band, and they just had an album release yesterday, which won't matter to most of people listening to this. 
in Good two buddy. weeks. Well, no, you I mean, got, in two weeks, up. it won't be yesterday. Yeah, go to iTunes, go to Google but Play. But definitely go to, to Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, check out Tiny Shoulders, um, fronted by Tony and Tina Shoulders, which is and what I'll, I decided a long time ago that Travis and Lee's names were now. That's a really good <laughs> And they joke. combined Tony and Tina to make Tiny, and that's how they got the name. Uh, it's a brother-sister duo. A lot of dead pigeons. Uh, fucking pigeons, man. man. Fucking pigeons. <laughs> um, um, but no, their shit's their shit's good. Yeah, it slaps. No. Yeah, I no. just did that. It, it slaps. It might slap. It does. No, no. There's not. A, there's no bite about it. Tiny shoulders. Like people slaps. tell me that something slaps. I should be allowed to slap them. You can slap me all you want. It's good. It's on record. It's been recorded. Did everybody hear it? Just, I can slap is, you as much as I want. Now Please don't make this show admissible in court. Now remember, if you start slapping me, I can slap back. Well, that took the air out of my sails. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like getting slapped. Right but no, now. yeah, so I mean, we have some friends that are doing some great projects right now. Dylan is doing some great shit out in L.A. And he's he's been on some... Uh, comedy website stuff. Yeah, he was on College Humor at camp all the time. Yeah. Uh, he was also on some uh, TLC show. My Crazy X. My Crazy X. That that was, I'm going to call it prime time. I think he was two I think it was. discreet Crazy X's. Yeah, yeah. I think it was prime time TV. Yeah. yeah. He's got an IMDb. Yep. Um, and then, of course, our friends in Chicago that uh, have formed a band and they're pretty great. Yeah. So we're talking about people at two very different places in the country. Wildly different places in the country. Almost Just like Pericles is often jumping from wildly different places in Syria and the but surrounding areas. Lebanon. And to Rome, which is apparently just down the road. Well, let's not forget that it's quick to get to Rome. Like, maybe a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. No matter where you're at. No. About half a day's ride. All, lo- all roads lead to Rome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and every hill has, instead of potatoes, gold. Just gold. Gold. Fucking everywhere. I love that no matter what, it's always Timon of Athens now. But that just must be the most ludicrous thing we've ever read. Oh, it's not. This play is. This play is. Oh, so what play are we talking about well, on the Shakespeare podcast? My name's uh, Beth Roars. My name's Ryan Halfhill. Cassie Greenley. Chase Greenley. And we're talking about Pericles. That's right, Pericles, Prince of Tyre. That's Tyre spelled with a Y like the Limeys do. Like tires on the car, they still spell with an I. No, they don't. That's so weird. They spell them with a Y. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. If you're going for your tire iron, it's spelled T-Y-R-E. I will tell you that... Reading this play made me tired. Was that also with a Y? No. Was it T-Y-R-E-T? It was just, just with emphasis. All right. Where, where the, okay. The problem this, with this no. play is it's all over the place. It's a clusterfuck. And it is more It is more over the place. It is more let's, all over the place than Winter's Tale and Troilus and Cressida all right, combined. So let's start with the authorship. Let's talk about authorship because okay. Mai Norton calls this Pericles, Prince of Tyre, a reconstructed text. And so um there is an authorship question. It is widely believed that Shakespeare wrote this play with the assistance of a playwright named Wilkins. George Wilkins. Um, they, this play is also not in the first folio. Yeah. 
And they believe that George Wilkins wrote the first nine scenes, and then Shakespeare wrote everything else. Yes, and George Wilkins is not necessarily wildly considered to be some great playwright. His he's more of a, a you know a panderer and a pamphleteer and uh, not. William Shakespeare. But around the time that this play was apparently being performed, George Wilkins published a prose story of Pericles that read very similar to the beginning to of the this beginning play. of this play. Um, yeah, and and Shakespeare is now there are some uh, later arguments. Del Vecchio, the Cambridge edition of the play from from Hammond. Um, Modern editors, however, look at it. So Del Vecchio and Hammond are like, no, Shakespeare wrote this. And there were were always some arguments about, did Shakespeare actually write this? Did he write the whole thing? Whatever. This one is a shared authorship, in my opinion. And most modern scholars agree Shakespeare wrote about exactly half of this play. Yeah, and it's probably the latter half. About like about like 900 lines are Shakespeare's. Yeah. And I would I mean, Honestly, the better half of the play. Yeah, the better half of the play. The play the part that makes a little bit more sense the and part the with part, the part with pirates and hookers and the part that harkens back to what you Other know? Other classic Shakespeare tropes. It's true. You know, you know Shakespeare started writing as soon as he fucking lit up the fucking incest daddy with lightning. That's probably where Shakespeare took over. He's like, yeah, that was weird. So, so well, even, Zeus. Even that is just kind of like shoved in the middle in a scene, and then we go right back. Oh, it's a, it's a it's a by it's a it's a bygone phrase. It's yeah. like, oh hey, by the way. But we have pirates. We have. The dead come. We have the best. We have the best brothel in all of Shakespeare. We have the best brothel in all of Shakespeare. There are other brothels in Shakespeare. None of them are as good as this brothel. We have people they coming back be to more life. Successful. Oh, what? The, okay, <laughs> better, better, and more successful. I'm putting on separate pages here because yes, more successful brother, brothels where people actually sleep with the prostitutes in said brothels. Those exist already in Shakespeare, but what didn't exist until we got to Pericles, Prince of Tyre, was a brothel where they didn't sleep with the, the best, uh, best little whorehouse in all Shakespeare. The best little whorehouse in Mytilene. Oh, yay. Run by Pander and Bod. And Which, if those two names... Don't say yeah. we're people that run a fucking whorehouse. And those are very Shakespeare names as well. Oh yeah, he he um, loves to give names. He he loves to name people after their jobs. And I'm going to connect this to another pin that I have, which I had tagged off of the language pin, and my my pin is specifically Gower's weird ass meter. 
Because when Gower talks in the first, like, three monologues that he gives, his meter is all over the goddamn fucking place. Oh, yeah, he's not in... He Like, it's almost in meter, but it's stuttering, it's not, yeah. it doesn't flow, it there's, does not read like Shakespeare. There's a weird staccato yeah. to the way um, that Gower to is... To sing a song written. that Olds was sung from Ashes Ancient, Gower is calm, assuming man's infirmities to glad your ear and please your eyes that have been sung. Like, that one's, that's okay, but it, you get to a point where, like, Every once in a while, it throws in a line that's in a completely different meter, and it just doesn't read smoothly. It doesn't read fluidly until about halfway through the play, and then all of a sudden, Gower starts like sounding like a Shakespeare person. So because Gower's Gower's meter is always different. It's like never iambic pentameter until the very, very, very end. It's always more tetrameter, which is like no, yeah, he's never he yeah. I think. I think in the very end, he's the in The very end, I think, is in pentameter, but up to that point, he's more often in tetrameter. Except for in the beginning, where he's just he's like all over the place. No, and, and language, yeah. that's a good a good point to talk about with language. He is in verse, it is just not... It's not up to the quality that I and it's not from Shakespeare. And it's yeah. not the same... Verse. Well, yeah. and that lends to that author. <clears throat> well, yeah, no, that's and that's where Wilkins comes in, and Wilkins was not highly regarded as uh, any sort of playwright. No, what, he was a pamphleteer, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, <laughs> and a panderer. So he's a play wrong. Yes. Good. Yes. Can we fire your husband? No, no we, we can't we fire <laughs> Chase. Oh, I'm not to get beat. But his wife will savagely beat him. I will not. Not till not everybody while, leaves. Not while we're recording. At least. Do make these admissions. Ew, they're kissing. Ew. No, no, I was I was getting a firm look. Mr. Kerbal Mr. Kerbal Principal Scanner with the Closet making babies and one of the babies <laughs> fell out and looked at me. That's Mrs. Kerbobble. I'm pretty sure that's the yes. second time We've, in a month yeah. that that has come up with it, you specifically. Yes. My worm crawled into my mouth. I think both my... times you guys were PDAing it up. Probably. My worm crawled into my mouth and I ate it. Can I, I have think. another? No. Sleep, that's why I'm a Viking. Just put your head down on the desk, Ralphie. Oh, sleep. That's why I'm a Viking. I love it when you put your head down on the desk, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. There's no desk here, though. We're going to go back to talking about Please. this play. Yes, Please. okay. So yeah, so language is an interesting beast in this one because oh, especially because the of the authorship question, right? Yeah, and like the the I think the authorship also comes up in the fact that we never see this style from any other Shakespeare play. This no. whole like uh, consistent con- like we have the chorus in Henry V. I would say the closest thing we have, and we have Father Time in A Winter's Tale, but he's again he's used sparingly. He's not like consistently at the top of every act. Now I'm going to fast forward through this part. Well, that cor- the cor- the chorus in Henry V is the closest thing we have to Gower. Yeah, this is written, but the chorus in Henry V is not. I mean, yes, it is exposition. But Henry V is still telling a continuous linear story. And but this and, isn't. and that's the that's Gower, the difference. Gower shows up to say, "Awesome! So we've wrapped up this little chapter of life. Now we're going to jump we're ahead. Jump fucking yeah. eighteen years. And even there's parts in which Gower goes, "Man, these scenes really jump around a lot. 
Um, it's really to save you time, and trust me, everybody would just make them speak all the same language yeah. so you can understand them. And so Gower like, not only like yes, he's exposition, but he also throws in here every once in a while like, man, structure of this place weird, huh? Well, he throws he throws in he throws in some fucking lines like uh, what's that? Burl Ives in uh, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I got a real story for you. Yeah, let me tell, well, let yeah. me tell you this tale of Pericles and his whenever dead box wife. And his fucking <laughs> dead box wife. Whenever Shakespeare has used a character like this before, <laughs> it has been labeled Horace in the script. Or it has been like Father Time, like some or, kind or, of, or, or, or like, or like the Captain's like, Exposition, right. where there's a but, scene, and we'll talk about it in in Mackers, and yeah. there's a scene when where the two captains literally walk out on stage, yeah, 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 yeah. And talk but, to each other. But when he gives it to a single character making monologues like this, it is either a chorus or it is some abstract concept. Not time what, or not some jackass who wrote a book exactly, about this guy. Like Gower was an actual person. He wrote you know it'd be And like, the worst part is is you cannot subtract Gower from this play. No. No, you can't. Because well, otherwise it makes even less sense than I know and that's that but that's the problem. So like yeah. Gower is the worst character in this play and you can't get rid of him. So, this a feels, lot of people use, like, this feels similar to when people do uh, Canterbury Tales, because Chaucer is a uh, contemporary yeah. of Gower. Oh, yeah. So, when people decide to do Canterbury Tales, they're telling these disjointed stories, they throw Chaucer in the middle there to kind of give us a, a through line. Well, it's because so Canterbury, to, Canterbury Tales was never meant to be a play. But just in the same way that those are disjointed, these are... Yeah. Also, disjointed stories along the same I mean, can, lifeline. Can, but Canterbury Tales was supposed to be separate. Right. Stories. Well, Gower's original poem wasn't supposed yeah. to be a play. But the, it's like if we were going to write a play about fairy tales. Like it's like Into the Woods. If instead of a narrator, we had Jacob and Willem Grimm narrating us through the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like they're bringing back the quote-unquote original author yeah. to make commentary on the story being told. And that is Like I said, not, it's Pearl Ives. That like, is not a Shakespeare Like in Muppets technique. Christmas Carol where they use... Where uh, they put Charles Dickens, Dickens in, in, but that is brilliance. <laughs> so it doesn't... Look, the best, the the best thing about it, and and it's already pinned because it's perma-pinned in Cassie... Um, is that is, Michael Caine is a genius. Well, Michael, Michael Caine... Is the best Scrooge of all time. Fucking approached it as if... He was performing Shakespeare, which is why it's relevant. And he's like, "I love that he points to me like I give a shit." Something <laughs> well, you were gonna fight me on it. You that's tried to premise of the entire podcast. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, where he's like, he's like, he he fucking treated it as if ev- the, the they were not Muppets; they were just yep. fucking other Shakespearean actors there, and he was gonna fucking Shakespeare the shit out of some Scrooge. Listen. I and he delivers an amazing performance. I adore Patrick Stewart. Stewart. I adore George C. Scott. I think they made marvelous Scrooges. But I am going on the record right now to say that the best Scrooge performance of all time is Darren Michael Kerr. Kane. Oh, well, Darren Kerr was also a very good Scrooge. <laughs> Darren Kerr was, a- but Michael Kane. 
good screw. Touch my robe. But Darren Kerr wasn't also <laughs> that wasn't fighting in a high gravity, <laughs> which is no, also being the best Scrooge with Muppets as Darren, almost all of yeah. the co-actors. Darren Kerr wasn't Scrooge. Tyler Ward was Scrooge. Darren yeah. Kerr was Ghost of Christmas Present. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. You're right. That's Not right. Less. Either way, touch my robe. Touch my robe. But yes, so that's... But no, no, Michael Caine, Michael Caine shakespeared the shit out of that, and so... Michael's favorite, my son's favorite character today from his... He's watched it before, but this is the first time he remembered it. Um, he said Christmas present. Isn't Christmas present awesome? Yes, agreed. So. Yeah. Come in, Michael, Caine. and know me better, man. Did I already, did I, wait, did I already say that? I did. All right. Come in and know me better, I man. Just, I just wanted you to know he doesn't give a shit about what Michael Caine did. It's Christmas <laughs> present. No, it'll come. It'll but cri- but Christmas present is fucking ridiculous. They also night. those two fought me tooth and nail. They're like, no, mom, we don't want to watch this. And then of course, it's gonna be five five minutes later. Before, like, it's just showing the rooftops of London, and they were both, like, wide-eyed. Oh. <laughs> that happened with Jungle Book yesterday, because I showed Izzy, started showing her Jungle Book for the first time, which is the best Disney movie. I don't care. I'll fight anybody. It's the best Disney movie. That is a, that is an opinion you hold when you would love having a fight. You and James... <laughs> Have the same opinion. <laughs> Excellent. I love sharing opinions with three-year-olds. You don't. He's four now. Oh, I love sharing opinions with four-year-olds. But look, I don't know how old we your crotch rockets are. We call them crotch goblins. Thank you. Um, the I only know how old the oldest one is because he's the same age as mine. He had, he had a Jungle Book birthday party. You were at it. Look, I don't remember. Okay. Look, I don't. Okay, I don't. The kids Beetle, birthday. The Beetle vultures are pretty amazing. All right, we I, are I so off topic. We are so I don't, off topic. I don't. I don't. Kids birthday. I do not kids. Yeah. I only kids anyway. because my friends have kids and I have one. Okay. Anyway. So speaking of fathers Language and daughters. Weird, obviously speaking of fathers and daughters. Whatever. Uh, do we want to go to fathers and daughters or do we want to go to Gower's yeah, awesome? Let's go How to... awesome is he? So let's touch on this a little bit. <laughs> I didn't realize you wrote that That's on the That's what the pin says. So my pins are hilarious. The audience uh, is there's... missing out by not getting to read they, them. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, it's true they are. Gower, That's so good. Gower for me is a beautiful piece of meta theater. Mm-hmm. Brecht before Brecht. What? <laughs> Sorry, I have opinions about Brecht, and they are. Everyone has opinions about Brecht. Even if you have no idea who Brecht is, trust me, you have opinions. Everybody has capital O opinions about Brecht. Uh, Awful. Awful Uh, starts with an A. Officially awful. (laughs) (laughs) Or or were you saying awful like O-F-F-A-L? O-F-F-A-L. All right, sure, we'll go with that. Oofel. No, that's awful. It's It's a word. Okay. It means innards. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah, awful. Gross shit. That is gross shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Gower. Join it, Gower. All right. So, throughout the throughout the play, these little like t- little little bits of Gower coming up 
where he tells us things like, I know I'm long-winded and all I do is make this play longer. It's as if he's apologizing for these people having to sit through the fucking play to begin with. Um, Which is great. In a play like this, it's great. It's great. So... He's constantly apologizing. He's constantly taking I like the time him, to be I, like, I've, so, yeah, we've jumped around a lot, huh? I yeah. liken him to the stranger in Big Lebowski. N- never before. I want to film this with Sam Elliott playing Gower. So, there have been multiple Shakespeare plays where we jump between country to country. And Shakespeare's never felt the need to tell us <laughs> that everybody speaks a different language, but for our benefit, he has written them as if they are speaking the same language. But in this play... But in this play, Gower's like, hey, 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 hey. Everybody doesn't speak English. We have the babblefish. We have the universal translator. Exactly. They've made a plot, like, they've made a a specific moment in the play, in this long-winded fucking speech, to tell us, don't worry, it's not magic. He He has a play where there are large, there are scenes in a completely different language... Yeah. Than what his audience would have spoken. They would have known some French, but yeah. Some French, but not so not he, enough to follow an entire scene written pure French. In French. But in this one, he's like, you know what? Please be aware. Not everybody speaks the same language. I mean, at least in Henry V, it made sense because Henry didn't speak French. But it, Gower also then takes some of my least favorite stabs at... Um, our incestuous parent. Yeah, child. that was uncomfy. Oh yeah, it's it's gross. Yeah, yeah so we're just uh, gonna we're gonna say it. Bad daughter, even worse father. Yeah, with uh, it's gross. I'm trying to find the beginning of this sentence, and it's a ways away from what we're talking about. This king unto him took a fair, who died and left a female heir. So bucks and blithe and full of face, as heaven had lent her all its grace, with whom the father liking took, and her to incest did provoke. Bad child, worse father, to entice his own to evil should be done by none. So, like, she well, and, child, and, and, like, and it, says, it says she provoked. She didn't provoke him to incest. No. She existed. And yeah. her dad got a boner, and it's gross. See, basically, the opening of this is the beginning of um, the donkey skin fairy tale. I don't know what the fuck she just said. You don't know what donkey skin is? Donkey I mean, Skin I, is a fairy no, tale. No, I was about to explain. Donkey Skin <laughs> is a fairy tale. It's an upsetting fairy tale where um, a king marries a queen who's the most beautiful woman in seven kingdoms. She gets sick and dies. She m- makes him promise on her deathbed that he will not marry again unless he marries someone who's as beautiful as she was. Because otherwise he will spend that second marriage comparing his new wife to her. And so he kind of goes mad with grief, and then when he stops being completely mad from grief enough to pay attention to the world again, he notices, hey, my daughter is as beautiful as my wife was, so I'm going to marry her. And then she goes, ah, I don't want that. And so she's like, ah, prove your love for me before you marry me, and she makes him, like, make her a dress that's as brilliant as the sun and a dress that's as radiant as the moon, Uh. and then she wants a dress made out of a donkey skin, which she uses to escape. Uh, so no actual incest happens in the story, but, that's but it fucking, definitely wants uh, to. It's a very unsettling fairy tale. That's fucking gross. Um, although there is a really wonderful novel called Deerskin by Robert McKinley that's an adaptation of it. Also darkly and deeply unsettling, but well done. That's anyway, fucking, so like the beginning gross. of this whole thing like reads like that story to me because... Yep, podcast is over. 
It's upsetting. I made Ryan uncomfortable. Me. I made Ryan uncomfortable. Well, he is the father of a daughter. It's true. Well, that doesn't mean anything. I, I like I it, you it puts you on a very different No, but but like everybody has women in their life. You're, yes. You know, you you have a mom whether they're part of your life or not and it's just like disgusting things like so, yes. The concept gross, of gross. incest is something that like plays touch on it all the time. Literature touches on it all the time and it is always the worst of the taboos. Mm-hmm. Like there is nothing unless you're the British royal family. Well, then it's how you make your blood real nice and thin so it just comes out. <laughs> so it comes out so easy. So, also, it's how you get those weird lumps on your head. Habsburgs are weird. Inbreeding is bad. Inbreeding is bad. Inbreeding is Don't bad. Don't marry your cousins. It's it's less the British royal family, more like the Habsburgs. But, no, I, I mean, yes, I I have a daughter, and so maybe it does... Maybe it is a little more gross because I have a daughter. Well, well, but at the same time, it's gross to begin with. It well, is. yeah. Well, it becomes more, I think but, it becomes more uh, viscerally upsetting. And so this ties into another thing that we wrote down, which is how do we and how does Gower and how do the characters in the show react to, I just put daughter because she doesn't have a name. She doesn't have, she, um, yeah. So She's the, just the daughter. daughter of the incestuous king. How do they react to her? Gower accuses her. Has her equally complicit in what's going on. Pericles wants to marry her until he finds out that this has happened. And it isn't that she's spoiled or like that she's no longer a virgin. It's that she engaged in this relationship and he wants the fuck out before people. Well, I don't I don't know if he's running away from the from her But there was a moment he could have, good guy, he could have saved her. Yeah. Except no, he couldn't have because he would have been murdered. Oh, but if he he's not running, he's not running away from her. her. Right. He is running away from. But he makes knives. Com- he makes comments and in, in there about like the only thing he could no have, longer no longer well, the only thing he could have done is kill her dad. Yeah, he because could have her, saved her. Yeah, her dad was going to continue to send people yeah. to murder him. He doesn't run away because she is in an incestuous relationship. He runs away because he doesn't want to get stabbed. But I think that's an interesting relationship to talk about, too. And that ties into fathers and daughters, which is our, our pin that's on the table as well. Is So this, this king, Antiochus, has set up this horrifying display where he's like, I'm going to put my daughter's hand in marriage up for grabs from anybody who shows oh, up. Years, though. Um, but you have to solve this riddle in order to be able to marry her. <laughs> Solving the riddle means finding out about the relationship. And so it's it's a double-edged sword for him. It's like win-win for him. Because either they come in, they can't solve the riddle, they go away, and he doesn't lose his daughter. Or they come in, they solve the riddle, he kills them, because now they know his secret. Ugh. And then they don't get to marry his daughter. So he's... he's well, he, doesn't, he doesn't want anyone yeah. to marry his and daughter. He that's just why won't... he's put together, like, this particular... The claim that your daughter will have no husband and be done. Well, yeah. I agree with you. Also, you know, don't be in the Don't fuck your game. child. Um, like, that's number one goal. Don't do that. Like, number, number one. Number one. First thing. You're having a baby. Don't fuck them. Asimov's hierarchy of anti-needs. 
I'm in love with you right now. <laughs> um, anybody who brings off Asimov's uh, rules of robotics uh, and tries to make them into parenting rules. Yeah. First, first, the first, the first rule of parent club is don't fuck your kid. <laughs> second rule of parent club is what? Don't. Second rule of parent club is if you're fucking your kid, don't make a riddle about it. <laughs> Third rule: don't break rule number one. Don't break rule number one. All the rest of the rules are don't break rule number one. So we okay. We have like to, literally. You can do a lot of things to discuss the, this relationship. We have to go past the fact that we don't break rule number one. Yeah, and we have to talk about the fact. I mean, you shouldn't beat your kids or anything like that either. I'm not advocating for any other kind of abuse of your child. God damn it! I thought I was going to get away scot free. Now I, I don't know who the fuck scot free is, but you should stop doing that. Chris will find out. Sometimes the best way to make sure your jokes fail is just to leave a nice, long silence. That was terrible audio, but in here it was amazing. <laughs> I am cutting it by half. Thanks. That's good, because it was pretty pregnant. But are you? Probably. I took the picture. He forgets a lot. He forgets a lot. If we get him drunk, he just leaves everything in. Which anyway, is sometimes bad. But yeah, so, so one of the recurring themes in this show is this idea of fathers and daughters and the relationships that they have. So, so we, have, we start out with this very broken, horrifying relationship between a father and a daughter. I feel like there's four fathers and daughters and one is good. One is pretty decent. One is good. Yeah. So Simonis, King si- Simon. Simonides. Simon and... And, and Tysa. Or Thysa. Thirsty Thysa. Thirsty Thysa. She gets to make her own choice. She, she gets, does. She, gets, is, she has agency. That is so a really positive, you know, we're, good relationship. She he yeah, probably Dad came to her and was like, hey, you got to get married. And she's like, hey, how about we make a tournament? Um, you got to get married. How do you want to go about this? And he's like, I can make dudes fight each other for you. Okay. She she was kind of into it, and so she's like, "Okay." She lives and dies by a good, strong. Like, let let dudes fight for me, but I'm still gonna pick. I'm gonna, he, she's gonna pick. Like I'm still gonna I'm still gonna pick though. And, when and she, he's like he's like that's fine. We're just gonna make him fight then. And we're just she, dudes fighting she anyway. She picks, and instead of forcing her daughter to like tell these other guys to go away or to have some said, sort his, of scene, he just goes, "You know what? She's um she's just gonna say celibate." And they all leave. He's like, look, I cleared the way. Do what you want to do. Yeah, and, and he jerks, you know. Well, he does. He plays around a little bit. He plays like the, the like protective dad card, but not for very long and not in any seriousness. And he does end up by being like, no, this is great. Well, like, like there's, there's no you, world. There's, do you? All right. There's, no, there's no world in which a dad should have any control over what happens with his daughter's um, relationships, unless of course she's in an abusive relationship, and then the dad is obligated to go, "Hey, this guy, really not good." Yeah, and, and, and then if that just... if she doesn't do anything about it, then he is allowed to murder them. But otherwise, I is that rule number six? No, that's how that works. <laughs> no, no, it's legal. Oh, oh, okay. I have a yeah. No, my, my mom used to always say things like, "No court in the world would convict me." I'm like. 
that would be a point in time in which I, I think that everybody would be like, yeah, that was justifiable homicide. Yeah, no, it's not my place. Like, it's not even my place to step in. It will be, it will be up to Izzy, all of these things, and it's not my place to step in. Unless you can't get out. Right, no, absolutely. And then I will step in, and then there will, I will probably go to jail. I you know, know a guy that knows how to dissolve a body, you'll be fine. Who? I know. Wait, who the fuck do we know that knows how to dissolve a body? Look, I know where swamps Redacted. are. Redacted. <laughs> I know where swamps are, too. I'm concerned. <laughs> Why? We're not going to murder you. Also, That's think. on record now. <laughs> also, think. Who do we know that could dissolve a body? John Grover moved to Detroit. That's not even... That's not even who. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right. Um, but yeah, so Simon and... I don't know why he had to cover the microphone to mouth something at me. <laughs> Look, I wanted to make sure that the the free the neutrons or whatever, they, yeah. Like they didn't get your lips flapping again. The, the Scientologist didn't hear me. All right, all right. But yeah, Simon and Simon Lisa and Tysa or Tysa. So are, are that's that's a solid father daughter relationship. It is. It is. I like that he, one. he doesn't he doesn't get in the way. He lets her make her decisions. Good. He does not interfere. Good, Good dad. Good dad. Um, she has agency. She gets to she make her choices. She has agency, and I appreciate that. Then we have Cleon <clears throat> and his daughter. Cleon. Cleon. She's not even in the picture. She's not. Dad doesn't give two the page at all. Dad doesn't give two shits about her. He's willing to let this other girl outshine her. Doesn't want to murder what? her just to make her look better. Okay, I mean, okay. Well, that does not make him a bad father. You're like channeling the wife now. Oh. Yeah, you're being Dionysa right now. My bad. I wouldn't murder someone to let Izzy because they were outshining Izzy. Okay, but that daughter doesn't even come into the. No, that daughter doesn't exist. So it's it's like a weird ass non-existent father-daughter relationship. It's worse, actually. But I can't say it's worse than Pericles and Marina. It's better. It's better because they live in the same household. Because they they still live in the same town. If they walk past each other in the street, they would recognize each other. That's my daughter. That's my dad. Hey, it's my dad. Yeah, so that's better than Pericles and Marina. Whereas Pericles and Marina. Oh my God. Yeah, you know what what Pericles and Marina is better than? Yeah. Antiochus and 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 daughter. Daughter. Oh. Yes, very low bar to jump, though. Well, yeah, no, Heracles seriously, is not sleeping with his child. Well, so let's that let's well, let's jump over However, to the worst father-daughter relationship in the play, and then we'll come back to the second worst: uh, Antiochus and daughter. Doesn't even get a name. Daughter who gets struck by lightning. They who who she. She, who who probably doesn't know any better because her father groomed her from a young a, age. It's never a probably. Yeah. All instances of incest are always abuse. Well, it's it's grooming too. Yeah. It's that she was groomed from a young age yeah. to become his lover, and she suffers the same consequences yeah. that her father yeah. does. She, and it's the same thing. It's the same problem I have with Gower. With his blame of her. Yeah. Is she was groomed into this. It's a fucking R. Kelly shit. She is she is a victim through and through. Look, R. Kelly is a fucking garbage human and he grooms, I understand. He grooms fucking young I, no, girls. No, to, I one hundred percent think he's terrible. Diddy's no better. Well, I look, I don't care. Diddy can so, also be So's Drake. But oh it's no, that's like, it's, I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's, right. that's not why I'm laughing. I'm giggling that we brought up R. Kelly. Look, we're, 
We're talking about a young girl getting fucked by somebody who shouldn't like, be. Like, I've been thinking about uh, Electra. I've been thinking about Oedipus and how both sides of the Look, I gotta give this a modern context. <laughs> Good. And R. Kelly likes to pee on people and fuck underage girls. And he's a terrible scumbag. But they're not related to him. So it's a little bit less no. terrible. No. It's All right. Equally terrible. So yes, hands okay. down, easily no contest. Worst father daughter relationship in yes. the show is Andy which is Dawson. which is Actually, crazy. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say worst father daughter relationship in all of Shakespeare. Yeah. Oh yeah, in all know, of Shakespeare. We don't have any other instances of this level of abuse. There's no incest that I can think of right. off the top of my head. No, I mean there is creepy there uncle are. who's trying to get. Yeah. There creepy. are bad like, fathers and daughters. Oh, in yeah. Like, absolutely. But there is nothing but, like, I have groomed my daughter to be my lover. Like, the next, uh, in The Tempest, he grooms his daughter and, and uses her like a pawn. But it's not, yeah. But it's not, it's not sexual. So it's not sexual. There are other instances of this kind of, like, grooming, using abuse, but... No, it's also, Titus straight up murders his daughter. Yeah, but that's different. He thought he was doing something out of love. And she carries a hand in her mouth. I mean, once you go that far... I mean... Like, well, he, he's... he's In, 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 in his defense... In his defense... He's... he's <laughs> Titus now. <laughs> That's what Antiochus has brought us to. We yeah, are defending right. Titus's father. We Whenever you're like, in, in Titus's defense, That's the worst dad. There's always Antiochus. In Titus's defense, he is putting his daughter out of her misery. She has been raped. She has had her tongue cut off. She has had her hands cut off. But he's condemning her to perpetual victimhood and not giving her a chance to... I agree. Her. It's not a good choice. But it is, in his defense, he is at least giving her at last a fucking separation. Because all she wants, all she wants when Marcus finds her, all she wants when Marcus finds her is death. She doesn't want to keep living. Doesn't he stab one of his kids in the very beginning of the play for almost yes. nothing? Oh, yeah, no. He that's, yeah, that's Mutius. But that's fathers and sons, not fathers and sons. <laughs> oh, my bad. Titus is still, like, worst dad number two. Well, that's... No, Titus Titus, Titus stabs Mutius because Mutius um, sides... Or goes against Titus when Titus is still at that point siding he with... He back talks. Yeah, with Rome. <laughs> And he takes a direct order from his emperor. We'd be out entire generations <laughs> if we murdered people for back talk. But he takes an order from his emperor, and yeah. his son tries to stand in the way. Right. It's it's a soldier thing. It's not a father-son thing. Anyway. Okay. Look, yes. I'm, I, 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 I'm sticking with worst dad number two. I disagree. Here is, here We've is got my biggest problem. Pericles. <laughs> well, here's my biggest problem with Antiochus and daughter. And this relationship that's been put in. It's, this does not have to be the plot point that incites everything else. No. Th this doesn't even have to be the, in the, the play. The reason this is in the play is because somebody needs to want Pericles dead so that he leaves Tyre and has to go There's travel the world. Plenty. There are so many other ways you could have sent he could have looked at out to travel the world. Pericles could have slept with Antiochus' wife. And so wait, Pericles or gets one. Maybe in. Pericles could have heard about this King Simon who has a daughter 
that he's holding a tournament for. Well, no, no, because somebody has to want to kill him. He has to have an yeah, impetus. He's got, yeah, but like somebody's got to want to kill him. But you could do that. But he's so got to have some ways. kind of impetus. I suppose it the, have to the be far incest. off. I suppose he the far just off talked. I suppose the far off beautiful daughter of the king could Murder be his impetus, sex. right? Yeah, it could be. But I like it better that he's he's on the lamb, right? Because that makes yeah, more yeah, sense yeah. that he stops in Tarsus. It makes more sense that he flees Tarsus. Yeah. Somebody just needs to be after him. He needs also, to be on the lamb. But so, here's but so is, there ha- there can be any number of reasons he's on the lamb and running away. So it does not have to be trying to escape assassins from incest dead. Here's a note for um, all the authors out there. If you need a character of yours to be on the run, there are many other good choices. Do not Before take. Before you resort to incest. Do not take a page from Pericles, Prince of Tyre. Do not. Do not. Don't do it. Yeah, just don't. You could have taken the daughter on a boat and accidentally drowned her. <laughs> That'd have been a good reason. Yeah, because then the dad would have wanted to kill him. It's like, hey, well, and it wouldn't have been an accident. Sailing. He knows Poseidon is trying to kill him. So at this point... That's not an accident. Having, Nothing about that is an accident. Having read this play, do you think Pericles saying something like, let's go out for a nice Sunday row th- on the lake, is that... That's a threat. To, that's a threat. That's a threat. That's a death threat. That's going into your hated enemy's home turf, standing on his doorstep and spitting on it. That's like Pericles is the blood and he's going up to a crypt's house... And leaving a flaming dog poo so on the porch. There's what two, three shipwrecks. There's I don't know. I've there's at least two. There's at least two, two shipwrecks. Poseidon is trying to murder this guy. One. That's the real story that I want. What did Pericles do to that? Poseidon? Well, yeah, that's I want the prequel where Pericles pissed off Poseidon. So real. Pericles. And the alliteration is always asinine. Real Pericles was a great. Uh, Order, I guess, statesman in Athens. That'd be enough to piss off Poseidon. Mm. It's true. Poseidon hates Athens. A lot. A lot. I've been tempted so, to make so many Percy Jackson jokes through this whole podcast and last episode, and I just want you to know I'm how proud much I've restrained myself. I'm proud of you. Because they're not jokes that will land with many people. <laughs> yeah, well, I know that Percy Jackson's like the... Percy Jackson's awesome. He's the Greek mythology Harry Potter, right? Pericles yeah. is yep. the son of Athena. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Solves all our problems. It does. But anyway, yeah, Percy Jackson's... Yeah. Greek, he's Greek mythology Harry Potter, right? Yes. Y- essentially, yes. yes. Um, if the half-blood camp is... Oh, but I, now I want Harry Hogwarts. Potter and Percy Jackson to have a sass off. <laughs> be everything but not but Harry Potter is a bitch especially in the Order of the Phoenix anyway so that's worst father-daughter relationship in this play let's okay. talk about second worst father-daughter relationship in this play which is fucking Pericles and Marina I don't want to have to raise my child on my own will you do it for me here licorice raise my kid and I also don't want you to live in the same state I don't want to be involved at all we have a word for that it's called closed adoption. It's also called abandonment. That too. He abandons her. He abandons her and doesn't communicate with her. And he tells Licorice, like, let her know her parentage. Let her know where she comes from. Let her know how important she is. But she's not important enough to be part of his life. Nope. He's, he's not in danger stuff. anymore. He knows he's not in danger anymore. That's what one of the dumb shows in the middle of Gower's speech about him getting a letter is the one that says Incest King was hit by lightning. You can come home now. <laughs> I love Helicanus. Oh Helicanus 
is the best. We all need a Helicanus. Me too. One, we're going to have to come up with like several lists so we can rank things. Um, and maybe it'll be an episode called I'm Right, You're Wrong. The world's best aide-de-camp, Helicanus. Yeah. Like, seriously, if you're... If I was he... going to go with world's best best friend. What? Ooh, I don't know. Horatio. Horatio real good. Horatio is real good, but Horatio doesn't end up keeping him alive. Guys, that future episode of the podcast is not this episode of the podcast. I know. Oh, I, know I know, but we're gonna we're probably going to throw down when time comes. Probably. And we, I can't wait to see it. But, but that's but not we're going to. So, yeah. adaptations... Any adaptations? Well, let's, well, let's finish with let's Father's. Okay, Father's. Father's I, well, I'm tired of Pericles incest, is. daughter. We're done with we're incest. We're done with. Daughter. We're talking about Pericles now, and how yeah, but he's garbage. He is. We he know is he's garbage. garbage. He throws his kid wanted, away. He, yeah, and then like and then 18 years what, later, what makes me so mad is like when he goes to Tarsus and Klingon tells him your daughter died, and he like. Makes this huge show about how upset he is and how angry he is. And I'm Bitch, like, you haven't never, even seen your daughter in 18 years. You could literally walk past her on the street and not know who she is. And I know that because you do. That's true, though. That's true. Like, you don't get to be upset that she's dead because you actively did not make her a part of your life. No, you he, had he purposely, he yeah, purposely didn't make her a part of his life. So I'm sorry, but you don't get to be upset when you learn about her death. Wait, if you cared about her, feelings, I am gatekeeping his feelings because they're part Oh, of God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he does not get to be upset about no, his daughter's she's, death. No, she's 100% right. If not, he has actively and purposely made the choice not to be part of her life. So, do you think maybe part of the reason he is so upset is because he regrets all of his decisions of not being part of her life? Maybe, but like, what was his plan for her? Like, what what, what, what did he do for the last 18 years? He was gonna go next weekend when the weather was better. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah, sure, we're gonna play catch next time. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. There we go. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when. We'll get together then, son. We'll know I have a good time then. It is probably the uh, first and only time that the three of you will break into song. And I will be able to join in. But yeah, that's but exactly. no, seriously, that's this fucking yeah. Harry Chapin shit going on that, here. I mean, that yeah. is what's going on here. And at the end of that song, the dad's sad because by the time he wants to spend time with his son, his son's like, "No, I'm piss I'm, off. I'm good. Piss off, ghost. Piss off, ghost. Oh, he's freaking but gone. It just <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, if you want to redeem Pericles, it <clears throat> you direct that scene. As if the grief is connected to remorse. And it's this moment of, oh no, I could have had time with my daughter and I chose not to because I'm a horrible human being. But since this is, a, this is a Coen Brothers movie, it's because he, he is R-U-N-N-O-F-T. Yeah. Have you never seen no. Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I have not. He doesn't run off. Because the mom run off, but the dad won't, won't say run off. Oh, so okay. he spells R-U-N-N-O-F-T. Yeah. Yep. But you can... But no, it... like, seriously, watch that movie. I mean, come on, Cassie. I know. It's a modern retelling. It's been on when I've been in the house. It's a modern retelling of the Odyssey. I'm aware. I know that much. And it's amazing. And uh, it's the only which, George... 
Which is a Greek play, which is close to Pericles. <laughs> it's the only George Clooney movie I'll actively seek out. But yeah, so Pericles drives me crazy because of that and because of how upset he gets, you know, whatever. <sighs> Grieving for his wife, I get it. You got some Fine. feelings. I do well, have well, feelings. His, about okay, so his, and I think they're valid. So his wife, it's legit, right? His wife is legit. He does not expect to find his wife 18 years later because he legit thought she was dead because Licorice said, your wife died after she spewed this out of her vagina. Well, and he he held her body. He personally (coughs) threw her overboard. Yeah. They put her in a water box. If he, okay, so if he had given Marina away with like, hey, I can't handle raising I can't this child handle, right now because yeah. of my grief for my wife. I'm going to leave her with somebody that I trust implicitly. Hilo, whatever. Helicanus, will you please raise my daughter because you're a trusted friend? But instead he leaves her with, with these licorice. two people who he literally just like washed up on their shore and went, hey, I've got some corn on my boat. I Do mean, you want it? He did save their kingdom. Yeah, I got. I so got. that makes them a good candidate to raise. His no, trials? actually, it makes them a bad one because they destroyed their own kingdom. <laughs> exactly. Um, like, and they're having be- famine. They're having a famine that can be easily solved by the amount of corn on one guy's boat. Yeah. Which means that they're all just a little I, bit hungry. I, I yeah, don't you know? they're just like they're peckish. They don't make good decisions. So, like, but that's the thing. If he had had said, you know, I'm really dealing with my wife's grief, like the the grief. Well, if if wife, that character, and you could, you could, you could play it that way. Could, but it's not on. The but page it's not that written way. that way. It's not on the page that way. It's not in the. It's not in the text. And right. So, like, it would be one thing if it had been just a couple of years, but it's not a couple of years. It's eighteen. Years no, he goes on an eighteen entire life, and he's never reached out to her. He goes on an eighteen-year bender. Her. Yeah. And that is so like that is incredibly frustrating. No, it's a, it's a big time absentee dad bullshit. No, Pericles is a terrible dad. And it's like he's it's not, not a even, dad. It's not even a situation with Winner's Tale where. The father, like, cuts off all ties with this child. He's instructed Licorice to tell her, this is who you are. This is who your father is. You're descended from a king. Okay, great. So you give her that knowledge, but I don't care enough about you to have you actually live in the kingdom that you're supposed to, what, inherit? Yeah. At some point, nebulous point in the future. And eventually, he only meets her because he goes to talk to... Rob Ford, former mayor of Toronto, crackhead guy, who has become clean and sober because he talked to his daughter. I'm like the first. And Lysa Macus goes, hey, I know what you need. You You need need to meet this girl, Marina. She's amazing. Whoever raised her was great. Fucking rainbows come out of her nipples. That he does in relationship to his daughter is marry her off to somebody. Well, she I don't. Wants to marry him. She wants to marry Lysimachus. Yeah, okay. In I'll so much as that. that, I think I think that's her choice. Okay. I think that that is her agency there. But I also do want to talk about Marina in regards to agency of women, uh, because I adore her. She might have made it into my top ten female. She has got just, just to be able to talk. Down. She's got more yeah. agency than any. Potentially any other female character in all of Shakespeare. She is how I want the end of... Oh, 
God, what was the last play we read? <laughs> um, measure for measure. Measure for measure. The, she's she's the, got. Uh, I'm, I'm. The sister in yeah, that, Isabella. Isabella. She has got the backbone that I want Isabella to have. I don't think it's a matter of backbone. I think it's a matter of silver tongue fairy magic. Yeah. Well, so no, but like, it, but it takes backbone to have that, yeah. right? It takes it takes her ability when, to. When the duke comes in and is like Isabella, I'm going to marry you. I would like for them to then go to the next room, and she goes, "Listen, duke." And then the duke comes walking out, going, "You know what? I don't want to. I'm not going to marry her. Not only I'm, am I not going to marry her. I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to be I'm, a good leader for Vienna. I'm going to go home and rethink my life. I'm going to give that nunnery a whole I bunch just, of fucking gold." I love that Marina is kidnapped by pirates, sold into prostitution, and literally shuts down a brothel because she convinces everybody who comes to the brothel brothel to go. That they don't want to fuck her. Yeah, and go, you know, be better. Be better. Go be better. No, she's got. She has more agency. You're, you're better than that. She and, has more agency than any other woman in Shakespeare. And and Tyson, mm, I don't has, know about that. But. I, I say my my best comparison to agency. There, there are some characters that have a lot. Like Rosalind has a lot. Of well, agency. I was going to say my best comparison is Beatrice, yeah. and she Beatrice. and Beatrice. But they're very different characters. Well, completely different. Because, I'm not saying I'm not yeah, trying not to take no, away no, from Beatrice. No. Oh no, no. But like, it's it's interesting to me that we're talking about these characters who have a lot of agency, and we always bring up Beatrice. We always bring up Rosalind, and they're very like. Kind of like brassy. Then they've always been in control of their lives. And she's not. She's very sweet. She's very pure hearted. And I love that she's she's very much the flip side of that. She's not like the brash in your face. um, She's not Kate. Sharp. She's not sharp tongued. She's silver tongued. But it's not like malicious. It's just I'm not going to accept. That this is where my she, life she, is. But she's got a she's got a fucking steel backbone. She does. She absolutely because she is not gonna stand for any of this shit. Well, and she, but she's but not gonna. She, she doesn't approach it the same way Beatrice would. Beatrice would fucking rip you up one side kindness. and down the other with her so tongue. Marina is kill them with kindness, and yep. Beatrice has killed them with a knife. You get filled yeah. her with, with <laughs> you get filled her with sweetness than with force. Yeah. Um, so and Beatrice is forced. One thing I'll say about Marina. So when we're talking about her agency, the majority of her life has been out of her control. Yeah, even to the point of her death. Like when she is taken to be killed, you're gonna kill me. Yeah, I am. And she is like nothing I can do about it. But we don't know what happened in her life for 18 years. We don't. But we can tell, like, she's placed in a place that is outside of her home. She is raised slightly as an outsider, enough that they can kill her and not feel bad about it. And then she's Well, Cleon doesn't want to kill her. And then she's kind of, more for fear than anything else. And then she's kind of swept away. Fear is still agency. Taken by pirates. No choice Taken by pirates is good. Sold to a brothel. (laughs) Solid. Also not good and not her choice. Um, but from the moment that she kind of lands in one spot and she's on her own, from that moment on, she doesn't deviate from who she wants to be. She's got, she's got a rock solid base. So Beatrice is coming at you fists flying. Marina is going to sit down and be like, what happened to you in your childhood? Yeah, she's going to Freud you. That you feel like you need to act like this. Can we talk it through? Can we come up with some better coping mechanisms? Can we, can and we, like, I feel like that's what happens is she becomes the counselor for this whole town. Can we talk about the shit? Which is why that's who they go to get. When they're like, exactly. Peric- the King Pericles has not spoken 
It's like I know just the girl. Hold I know on. I know who you need to talk to. And they go get Deanna so Troy. I want Carlin Campbell Johannes to play Marina. Okay. Yeah. You are you're gonna have to find the right dude to be Pericles for for Carlin to be the daughter, so I guess I'm playing Pericles. You were <laughs> I guess I'm playing Pericles. Yeah. Her mom could have been tall. Uh, Carlin's an Amazon, and that's fantastic about her. But you have to have a you have to have a, a big dude to be yeah. dad. He's better with a little dude. It's funnier. Okay, it is funnier with a little All dude, right. but well, we're not necessarily but, going yeah. for humor with Pericles, so we right? Have, we've got no. It's a comedy. Well, it is. We've got so it so is when we're talking about agency. It's a very cringy comedy. We have Incest Daughter, who has absolutely none. None. But we have Marina, who's got a ton. We've got Thasia. Thysa. Or Tysa. Who has, who has a lot. A actually lot. has a lot of agency. Um, she gets to make her choices. Bod and Dionysa are actually both really the ones in control of their households. Yep. Bod is in charge between her and Pander, and Dionysa yeah, is definitely like in charge of her and Cleon. What are you going to do? <laughs> Just stand up and say, we killed her. Come on. Calm down. Come on, you punk bitch. No one's going to find out. Yeah. Her so so in terms of agency of women, this there's actually, actually a lot. Really there's good a lot. There's a lot. So, Pericles doesn't have a lot to recommend it, but it has that. I mean, okay, so... That's not enough to produce this play. Okay, I (laughs) get why this play is in the Apocrypha. And I get how bad it is. Overall. Overall, it's bad. It is not great. But this makes a really good... This has already been made as a Coen Brothers movie, practically, with, you know, like... Like, this is Big Lebowski or Old Brother. All that being said, I can't think of a single adaptation of this. Uh, There there are two. There's a film version. And one of my favorite things about the the film version, the plot summary on IMDb. When Pericles discovers the dread answer to Antioch's riddle, he flees for his life, life, life. He flees for his life straight into famine, shipwreck, love, Fatherhood and another shipwreck. He loses his wife and daughter and doesn't find them again until the story moves us through resurrection, attempted murder, pirates, prostitution, and divine revelation. That's the plot summary. Sword fighting, pirates, magic. Actually, guys, that's all all you need right there. That's it. This is the Peter Falk grandpa selling the story to your old Fred Savage. Yep, exactly. Is Is it a kissing book? Is this a kissing book? It's a kissing book. Uh, this is very much that, not a kissing book, unless your parents. That production was put out in 1984. Yeah. Anything more recent? There is one, I'm not sure exactly what the situation behind this is. There is a Pericles by Shakespeare on the road in 2016. Um, but that honestly does This not movie is based on the Shakespearean tragedy Pericles. I disagree with anybody who calls this a tragedy. Yeah, it's not, because... Everybody's reunited in the end. It's a happy family. It ends in a wedding, or at least a planned wedding. And all the bad guys get all struck. All the bad down. guys get struck by lightning or killed by a mob. I like what people get killed by. Yeah, and like the, this is in no way a tragedy. And the Shakespeare on the Road version, honestly, like I'm looking at the IMDB page for it, and it looks like it's uh, an Italian production. So Yeah. 
So there's no YA novels. I was going to say, any YA novels? I don't think there's any YA adaptations. No literary web series. I'm honestly amazed the Coen brothers have not not. made this movie. It's terrible. So but it's straight, like, it's seriously, it's, I'm not, it's seriously straight out of going their way, like, though. So I'm reading through it, and most of the time when we're reading through these, I'm like, oh, I would direct it this way, or I would direct it that way. And we often talk about how we would put it up. Not a one of us has been like, yeah, if I were to stage this, this is how I would do it. Nope, not interested. I would actually, I would, I would, I would stage this. You would? I would. I would stage this. What I would do is I would cut the whole first half. I would just have no, Gower summarize. Well, no, I wouldn't time. cut the entire first half. I would cut. I would summarize incest dad. Yeah, we don't need to see that scene. I'd summarize it. Just let Gower. I would. I'd let Gower talk about how Pericles is on the run because he figured out a king was stooping his daughter, which is basically his entire first monologue. Yeah, which is and the. And then we the, see the scene he just told us. About. Yeah. And then he summarizes what just happened. Yeah. And so I I would cut basically act one. Yeah. Because it's unnecessary. We don't need that. And I think you could you if you cut act one, I think you can stage this. Because you but you have to play it. You have to go full farce. See, I have started reading everything. Because that's that's how it is. It is a farce. Yeah. I've started reading all of these plays now, like, going into it, and, all right, think about the playground at the back of your mind. And as soon as I read Incest Out of this, I went, nope. Don't think about it. Don't, don't think about it. Think about it. <laughs> oh, God. Can't, can't oh, God, no. Can't no, playground No, no, don't think about playgrounds. It's like, I don't even know, because I had the thought process of, I don't know what that playground metaphor would be, and I don't want to figure it out. No, I would stage this, but I would cut Incest Dead. I'd cut Act 1. I would leave in the part about incest dead getting struck by lightning. Yes. But I think I would like that part. I think I'd let incest daughters survive though. That's (laughs) strange. It was very strange. I think think I'd let incest daughters survive though. It's not her fault. No. See, I think you do a common English, uh, a modern English adaptation so you can do the 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 long description of what happened to incest dad and the guy after it because. Fucking weird, right? Fucking weird, right? No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, this I is like this is a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. You I colloquialize it. it, you film it, you get Steve Buscemi in there somehow. <sighs> he might be incest dad. No, no. he's he's, he's Helicanus. Oh yeah. No, okay. no, Steve Buscemi's not Helicanus. Steve he's Buscemi is Simonides. I think he's Cleon. No, he's Simonides. He's that nice dad because he, he always plays creepy guys. He's a, he gets to be nice dad. Cleon's not creepy. Okay. He's just spineless. Cleon sucks. Yeah. He gets to be Simon Eads. We get incest daughter in for an appointment with Dr. Marina to talk about her childhood trauma and some coping mechanisms for healing. Clearly, Juliana Moore is playing uh, Thirsty Tiza. Because she's in Coen Brothers movies. That's why I'm just pulling it out of my... So we're going to write our own adaptation. Is, is I don't want to. You guys can. <laughs> I, would, I would adapt this. I think that there is... I think there's... This play goes below King John for me. Like, I don't like it. No, there's more merit here than... Look, look. I have not read the... I, before this week, I had not read this play in a long time. For think, good reason. But also, the last time I read this play, I did not have the ability to look at it having performed a lot of Shakespeare between when I first read this and now. 
I didn't have the ability to to understand what I was reading as well and everything like that and to look at this play differently. There is good material here. There is. And there's some good characters. It It is not a tragedy. It's not a tragedy. But there's some good characters. And I think the good characters for me, Marina, I think, saves this play. Puts it above Troilus and Cressida for me. Puts it above King John for sure. For sure. Like, you're putting this below King John? Yeah. You're fired. You're fired. Don't mess up their house by throwing things at me. I'll throw things at you if I want to. I just, like, it. It was nothing it was to hang your hat on. Yeah. Okay, so, there's, yes, there is. It's humorous when I was it's reading funny, through but there's it, not and there's pirates it. that come out of nowhere. And just trying to, like. There's nothing that stands out that's great. I don't think keep. I could sit down at a pitch meeting and be like, all right, here's, let me tell you this plot line for this without cracking up. It's. Non-fictional. Well, and that's why that's why I say completely. You have to you have to lean into it. You do. I think if you, you if you're gonna this. stage this, you lean into it and you, you lean in satire hard. You make, it you make the pirates come of out of the back where no one can see them and just scare the shit out of the audience. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You lean into it hard and you go fucking you go fucking balls deep in the weird shit that this play and is. Literally every single Gower monologue needs to start with. So that was weird, right? And it's dry. It's dry as a bone otherwise. Like, Gower's like, so, that was weird. <laughs> and it's, the yeah. like, he delivers everything. He's, like, Gower is Sam Elliott in The Big Lebowski. Yeah. He's the stranger. That was weird, and uh, it doesn't stop there. And it doesn't it stop there. He's weird. Burl Ives in fucking Rudolph. Is every adaptation of this character got a big, bushy mustache? Yes. <laughs> if we're very lucky. Yeah. Fucking A. Of course they do. Of course. Moose out front should Moose out front should have told you. Stash out front should have told you. <laughs> oh, podcast is closed. <laughs> Moose out front should have told you. That's my favorite what the fuck moment. But no, seriously, it's like you just gotta lean into it hard. That's you gotta go all the way. If you're gonna do it, fucking go full straight into it. Lean into it hard. Cut the first act. <laughs> Cause we don't need incest dad. Is is unnecessary. You just have to have you have to have Pericles on the run because there has to be a reason he leaves Tarsus in the first place. And that's the only reason he's on the run. You have to get him to Pentapolis, but to get him to Pentapolis, he has to leave Tarsus. He has no reason to leave Tarsus if he's not on the run. Yeah. He doesn't really have a reason to leave Tarsus at all. No, he does. He's worried that he's going to get murdered still, and they're coming to find him. Helicanus is probably sending him messages like, hey, get the fuck out of Dodge. Because he did trade corn for safety. Yeah, he traded corn for safety, but it's Cleon. Come on, it's Cleon and Dionysa, and you can't trust them. They're going to throw your daughter off a cliff. In 18 years. Doesn't matter, still going to do it. Also, if I don't leave Tarsus, no daughter, no throwing daughter off cliff. Yeah, but you have to have a reason for him to continue on. It's a paradigm. I've got a paradigm, so I got 20 cents. So, fine. (laughs) (laughs) You're an idiot. Made you laugh, though, didn't I? Yeah, a lot of idiots do. 
So we laugh at the fool. But yeah, this one's weird. No, it's weird. weird. It's weird as shit, but you can totally do it, it's but you got to lean hard. You got to lean into it hard. Like a weird stamp that we like can get that good like. Like the katunk. It's weird and not in the endearing way of Winter's Tale. No, Winter's Tale is definitely better. Winter's Tale had a magic baby. Instead of a floating <laughs> dead woman in a box. <laughs> rich baby. <laughs> and a this statue also that has a rich baby. That's true. It has this a rich baby and it does baby. have a woman coming back to life. Yeah. I but she was not a statue for six so years. So I did miss that she was in a box when I was reading it. And my <laughs> You thought they just hucked her? <laughs> yeah. You just like they just hucked her body <laughs> overboard. Yes. The note to her coat like a kid. I didn't know how I'm like how so when I got to the scene where she washes up on shore, my first thoughts are, oh yeah, like this washed up on shore, just like the fucking set of armor did. Way to not know how oceans work. <laughs> and then it was, how did that note survive? He like pinned it to her shirt and shoved her in the ocean. That shouldn't be readable. Whatever. Fine, Shakespeare. You're just making shit up again. Um, so I'm very happy to hear that that plot hole is nicely tied up with the fact that I missed it. it was, they put her in a box. Yeah. Where did they get the box? They just had it below the hall. Oh, like, good. No, why they... wasn't the whole hall made out of that? Okay, I've got to, I've got to read for you that conversation because it have is, you, have I'm, you seen Frozen 2 yet? Yeah. Some, okay. yes, I have. So somebody must have, uh, come up and asked me a, like a legitimate work question at that point. Hey, my bank account told me I stop. And then, like, I stopped reading Pericles for a minute to actually work. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so so they've said, you know, your queen needs to be thrown overboard so the storm will stop. And then a sailor comes up. Sir, we have a chest beneath the hatches, cocked and bitumed ready. Yeah, yeah we've I'm got like, a water. Like, we got a. Just in case. We cocked up this coffin. In case we need to make an offering to Poseidon! <laughs> Well, well, you wouldn't people... want it to float if it was an offering to Poseidon. Yeah, but still, Pericles pissed off Poseidon somehow, and that's what all this, this is what this play is about. Deep down inside, this play is about this guy pissed off Poseidon, and what happens to him. Maybe that's, see, and that's the thing, is he married, he named his daughter Marina as some sort of sacrifice to Poseidon, but she lived. Yeah. That's why he never went back. Ah, did he think the daughter was dead too? Well, no, he was worried that his sacrifice didn't work, so he couldn't go near it. Because <laughs> then Poseidon shows, will show back up and fucking wreck his shit again. See, that's the so whole thing. they separated and serpentined. Yeah, they had, they had to go serpentine pattern. Try to confuse Poseidon. They had to confuse, confuse right. him. I think that that's about it for this Oh, movie. man, but yeah, honestly, this play is way better than I wanted it to be. <laughs> it's way worse than this. You, worse this, than it should be. Yeah, this play better than it. Also better than it should. Yes, be. worse than it should be. Better than it should be. I agree one hundred percent with Chase there on that. Like there are some real gems here, and there are some great. There's some great female agency here. There's a lot to. There's like there's a lot to draw on. Yeah, but it is weak overall. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a fan. I don't feel the need to go see Like it. I said, it's a Coen Brothers movie. Actually, who am I kidding? If somebody put up this show, I would You would be in the front fucking row. I wouldn't be in the front row. I never sit in the front row. All right, well, you'd be in the back fucking row. If I sit in the front row, I end up just staring up 
and looking at you're how looking at people's tech, noses. No, at the tech lights. I look. Ah, you end up looking at all the lights. Or I look to no. the sides to see how they're running things. We'll sit in the back and be rude. Talk. I have to sit in the middle or the back. Yeah. All right, but yes, this has been <laughs> Pericles, Prince of Tyre, on Shakespeare, uh, episode fifty million nine. I I don't know honestly. Why is I, he a prince through the whole thing? He's a king. Well, he's something about his dad died. Di- like his then... dad, his dad. The title so, is Prince of Tyre, but I think of like his dad dies right away. Uh, oh no, this is episode fifty six. So yeah. often, episode fifty six. Members of royalty are called princes as a whole. Well, that's dumb. But anyway, Pericles, Prince of Tyre, Shakespeare, episode fifty six. Fifty seven. No, because we have last... a single. Huh. No, there's this. No, measure for uh, because uh, this Wednesday, measure for measure. Oh, measure, measure, measure for measure two drops, yeah. which is fifty five. So yeah, this is fifty seven. Yeah, yeah, fifty seven. Yep, a youthful, a youthful digression threw us off. It did, yeah. Because normally our episode twos are on the evens, and but now they're on the odds. The okay. All right. Well, this is the Shakespeare podcast. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Beth Roars. Cassie Greenley. I'm Chase Greenley. Apparently, I'm tired. Yeah, you're yawning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say right, good night, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. Our podcast is closed. Who's Who's out front shit told, told you. you. <laughs> <laughs>